Hello, everybody, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, it is prospect tournament season, which means it's time for prospect impressions, overreactions, who's standing out, who's looking a little bit quiet, all that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 912, 13, uh, either one in there, of Locked On Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching our faces on YouTube, of course, make sure you subscribe. We are closing in on 3,000 subscribers overall, which is fantastic. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Mallon. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it is it is Sunday. It is an off day from the Prospects Showcase here in Buffalo. The teams are actually going to uh, the Bills game today, to which I pray that uh, nobody in the stadium tells them that most of the Canadians players picked ranch for with chicken wings and for their continued safety in that regard. Is it a thing in Buffalo that you have to pick blue cheese? Yes. If you say ranch, they will throw you out of the bar. I see. Well, I mean, they won't, but you'll get like that weird, like, are you sure kind of look, you know, kind of it's as Carly put it, it's fine. Neither one is actually truly bad. I just prefer blue cheese. Uh, a couple people picked no sauce at all, which I think those are the real dangerous ones in this. So really? So what if yeah. the buffalo sauce is so good that's on the wings, like when the wings are cooked so well? with the sauce that you don't need any additional enhancements and that was the thing i'm like when they say no sauce do they mean they just like like a smoked like fried chicken wing with nothing on it which i should have just asked sean farrell about it yesterday uh after the game because he was brought in before uh media interviews after the canadians game against the bruins but uh i i'm so deeply concerned about the amount of people who are like ranch and ranch and i'm just like oh my god where have i gone wrong with all of you what what are we no guys again everyone has their own tastes i get it it's fine but they're also all wrong and you know would be you know thrown out of a bar. most dive bar wing places in the city here but that is chicken wing stuff aside which we can always come back to at a later date trust me i have all the time in the world to yell about the <laughs> canadians prospects and chicken wings here is that it's prospect tournament time, and we had previewed this last week a little bit that the Canadians were coming to Buffalo, and their first game was Friday night against the Buffalo Sabres. They lost 6-3, and then they played Saturday uh, early evening against the Boston Bruins, coming away with a 4-1 win in that game there. And I got to be honest, when I was watching the Sabres game, things were loose it, it has that impression of these guys have not played hockey in a while and many of them said just as much that they're shaking off rust they're shaking off not having played for a minute and the thing about the Sabres prospect team is it was good the Canadians prospect team was good but the Sabres one with Matt Savoy Zach Benson and some of the other names was outstanding 
a very, very good team. And that doesn't diminish the Canadians' quality. But I watch that and I go, I I look at some of those Sabres picks in there and they've done a good job breeding them into a deep farm team behind a pretty solid NHL team already. Laura, I don't know how much of the game uh, you managed to catch if any on Friday. I was not able to, unfortunately, which made me really sad because you were texting me, oh, hockey's back. You're texting me pictures of the players warming up, and I was getting so jealous. Like, there's just something about a pregame watching the players warm up and stretch that, like, it makes you feel like, you know, like hockey season is back. And I just, I was so jealous. Um, But there were a couple of things that I I wanted to talk about a little bit is Buffalo. I, I feel like it was not so long ago, four or five years ago, we would consider Buffalo a perennially hopeless team. And that's not their brand anymore. And I think that that's something that we've talked about on this show. There's certain things about the Buffalo rebuild, not the perpetuity part, but there's certain things about the Buffalo rebuild that we like and we would like the Montreal Canadiens to kind of emulate. And it's that strong development. It's that strong draft selection. And it's their ability to be able to understand what they have in the pipeline. I feel like their own assessment of the talent and and what needs to be done at least in watching these players play, it feels like Buffalo really has a great handle on it. And that's something that I really do think that um, Montreal should kind of emulate. The Ottawa, set, the Ottawa Senators, I don't know why I call them Ottawa Senators, the Ottawa Senators, ooh, Ottawa wannabes, um, on the other hand, definitely not the kind of brand the Canadians should be trying to emulate after yesterday's game. Well, and that's the thing is because they, they play the Senators on Monday, which um because i got to the rink early on saturday to just kind of watch the 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 early game on next the canadians were the middle game the sabers of course are the marquee matchup it is their own tournament it is their fan base of course so they are more than welcome to do that and i'm watching the senators and penguins game and the senators put gave up eight goals seven it doesn't matter it's a prospect tournament but it wasn't their a team of prospects which of course you know is fair to point out some of their star players were not star players. I don't, I'm not going to be overly mean to Tyler Boucher, but he wasn't playing. Tyler Clevin wasn't playing. And then really Grieg was not playing as well. I assume they will be in the lineup when the Canadians square off with them on Monday, that game's going to be. And I don't like using this term for a prospect term. It's going to be violent. Uh, the, uh, the the Senators Penguins game got chippy as it wound down there. There were a couple of fights, a lot of scrumming, and everything like that. The Canadians games, for the most part, have been relatively level headed. Uh, in the first game, Xavier Simino playing to the whistle launched Zach Benson straight through the back of his own net and was met promptly by every saber on the ice. Outside of that, things have been relatively calm. But guys like Riley McKay and John Parker Jones, who are there to be protective i guess they have ahl contracts this year they're you know bottom six fourth line ahl guys who are there for a purpose um monday's game is going to be interesting because against the bruins the canadians rolled out a team of mostly players that i think you were going to see featured in the ahl and echl this year and we'll touch on some of like the impressions of those guys as we you know go through the show here but for a group that's mostly going to be playing together you have Jaden Struble, you have Logan Mayu, you have Christopher Ortiz, you have Miguel Torini, you have Joshua Watt and Riley Kidney, and some of these other ECHL, AHL contracted guys 
they put together a pretty solid showing. It wasn't flashy, but it was consistent. It dialed in all the mistakes that they had made in the previous game with passing and trying to find lanes. And it's an improvement. And Jean-Francois Houl on Friday night mentioned that losses are important because they give you something to learn from there. And he's like, you know, we would have liked to have won this game, but there's a lot that we can work on and we're learning from this. We're not treating it as a negative. We're treating it as an opportunity here. And I think a lot of the guys are, are, and guys and, you know, the prospects and the players in this are looking at that and took that opportunity in the next game. Some players did a little bit less solo efforting in these games here is that everyone wants to get noticed, but the best way to get noticed is for your team to play well overall. It was very unselfish. It was a team effort, not one or two guys carrying the team on their back, which I think is a really important distinction uh, for a lot of these guys going into NHL training camp in the preseason, AHL training camp after that. We're less than a month away from both of these seasons being underway, and there's plenty of time to make an impression. The best thing you can do first is just get to learn to play well with your teammates at this point. Yeah, and I think like one of the things we have to kind of remember is that this is not even quote unquote training camp, right? Like this is just something where it's literally called the showcase for a reason. Like we call it a tournament, but it's officially a showcase. It's really just to get people to get to know these players. It's it's to provide an opportunity. And also it's it's not discounted to say like to provide all these other NHL GMs and scouts that are around during the tournament. Um, you know, you can showcase prospects for future asset consideration. So I think, you know, like one of the things that we do kind of have to remember is that these players are for the most part still relatively undeveloped or underdeveloped. And so I just, I just find that like, for me, it's just bonus hockey at this point. It's just something to get excited about. It's fun. It's, it's, I'm here to see the flashes of good. And here's the thing is, that transitions really well into our next segment. We're going to talk about my David Reinbacher first impressions. We're going to talk about some of the other names that have shown throughout the tournament here so far through the first couple games, and that's all coming up next. But first, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves or their loved ones during things that are unexpected right now. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind that if you have that you have access to medication in any emergency situation. Jace Medical makes sure that you have it on hand, and it's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to the licensed pharmacy delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared and you can save up to $360 by getting these antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. And as always, please consult a registered physician or doctor before acquiring anything and using any of these products. We are back here at Locked On Canadians, and the biggest thing people wanted to know: there were a few, a few names that I got asked about uh, after Friday night's game. There, when I was kind of writing my recaps on everything, is how did David Reinbacher look? How did Logan Mayu look? And how did Joshua and Beck look? And we will get all of that covered in this episode, I promise you here. But if we're jumping right into things with David Reinbacher, someone asked me to describe his game to them. And I mean this in the most complimentary way possible. 
David Reinbacher is vanilla ice cream. And I mean that positively in that he's stable. He is a calming presence. He is a great foundational base for things. There were some hiccups in this game, as expected. First hockey in a little while. But I see all the reasons why the Canadians like him as a player. He is situationally very aware. He got caught flat-footed a few times against the Sabres' top lines. He also manages to recover well and position himself well. He had Zach Benson starting a partial break, covered the gap there, gets the stick or gets the puck off of his stick and away into the corner there. But a failed clearing attempt eventually sends that back in from one of the other players there, ends up in the back of the net. But the thing is, I liked what I saw there, and I liked what I saw from his pairing with William Trudeau, who is someone I do want to talk about a little bit later on in this because he was very impressive to me as well. The whole thing with David Reinbacher is, is that the Canadians are getting someone who is that nice, stable building base. He is that brick ground layer that you build, or that big pedestal that you build your statue of Satan juggling chainsaws on. That's the flashy part. He is the part keeping that structurally together there. He's going to be a very interesting partner for someone like Elaine Hudson. Someone, when he's coming in, he might play some games with Arbor Jacki, who is a very chaotic kind of player there, and he provides a nice, stable base for that. I liked what I saw. He's smart. There is still work to be done, which everybody knew coming into this. But I really enjoyed what I saw from David Reinbacher. He didn't play in Saturday's game against the Bruins. That was some of the... Uh, AHL, ECHL guys there. It was basically what the Rocket and Lions lineups are going to look like. Ignore my dog shaking herself out in the background here. And I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what they do on Monday because I think he and William Trudeau will go back together again. And I think they're going to be really interesting to watch against a feisty physical sense team there. Uh, Reinbacher noted uh, physicality didn't bother him in the first game. It's just part of adjusting, learning the new rinks and stuff. And I think he's he's going to be fine. I, I think he's going to be just fine. This is good for him. And his time back in Europe is going to be a lot more telling than, what, 40 minutes of ice time in two prospect games right now? I think it's a real shame that the NCAA guys can't come unless they pay their own way. Um, although it is kind of funny to have seen... Um, uh, they went to, or they're going to the Bills game on the day that we're recording this. Um, and Lane Hudson's out there going to events um, with other prospects, all the guys who can't come to the rookie showcases. Uh, one thing that I did want to kind of um, sort of draw from your analogy of, of vanilla ice cream is like vanilla ice cream is the kind of thing that would um, enhance things. Like just think about it. You have a warm apple crumble pie. Vanilla ice cream makes that better. You have a warm brownie. Vanilla ice cream makes that better. You have, what are they called? Lava cakes when they're like really gooey in the center. You've got warm yeah, lava Yeah, it's all cake. molten or, chocolate in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you've got your, you know, like your cookie, your, your, your giant cookies that some of these, these places make and they have a, a vanilla ice cream on the side. So I think one of the things, the reasons that I like your analogy is it, there can be very many players that D David Reinbach, Reinbacher can enhance and make better. And I think to me, that's probably the most positive thing that I can say about him. 
Yes, it's true that he's defensively sound. It's true that he's a really smart player. It's true that he doesn't lose his head. It's true, like you said, like the physicality is not bothering him. It's true that he's got a lot of promise. But I think the biggest thing for me is the number of different players that he's going to be able to play with to make a very strong, successful defensive pairing. And not necessarily with like flash, you know, he doesn't have to be the one that has that flash. So I'm really, really excited to see him on the Monday game. Um, and I, I'm just really excited that you got to witness him in person. Um, because as we said, you know, like this is the kind of player where uh, we were focused on other players prior to the draft. Like we were making different assumptions pl- prior to him getting drafted. So he wasn't very high up on, on, the, on the list of players that we were watching all that closely. But I do think that everything that you're saying and everything that you've seen in this short amount of time is encouraging him. And obviously this year we're going to pay so much more attention to him uh, in Europe because I want, I want to see like the ceiling for this kid because it's going to be part of a successful team, like a key piece in a successful team. And, and I think the biggest thing that I noticed from him too, and he was not the only one, uh, Jakob Dobish who spoke, he didn't play in the game, but he spoke to the media beforehand. They both were aware of like the things that they might've done wrong or things that they, they admitted like things, you know, this is, this is something that I did wrong that I'm now aware of is that they are cognizant of things that they can improve on. And we saw it with a lot of other players that did play in both the Friday game and the Saturday game is that they took these kind of lessons to heart there. And I don't know if that's the player development staff, the coaching staff, whomever being like, hey, here are some of the things that we're looking at here because it was a noticeably different game between them. And I think Reinbacher has the intelligence that I'm excited to see him be a quarterback for things. They gave him power play one time. He was the the only defenseman on power play one there. Uh, Trudeau and Mayu got power play two. And I think that speaks a lot to what they trust in his ability to play here. He's got a good shot. He's smart with it. He isn't wasteful with the puck if he can avoid it. He makes the smart read. It's not always going to be flashy. And I know that we like watching Lane Hudson duck and weave through everybody and being that kind of catalyst of a player. But there's something to be said about that guy that just goes out and makes the right play over and over and over again. And... I talked with Matt Drake that we were both watching. He was obviously watching the game uh, Well, I was at the arena there and we're talking about how Joshua was a plug-and-play player. David Reinbacher feels like that on defense in that, yes, we need you to play next to Jaden Struble tonight. Yes, we need you to play with Lane Hudson tonight. Yes, we need you to play with Caden Gooley tonight. There are options there for him, and I think that makes him an extremely valuable asset for this team going forward. And those are, of course, just you know, one guy we've talked about just one player here. There's a lot to cover. We're going to try and get into as many of the other good players, things that I like, things that I didn't like coming up in our final segment. But first, please make sure you're snapping into NFL action this season with FanDuel America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel or betting on sports, now is the perfect time for that. It's easy to use. You can bet on the spread, bet on player props, over-unders, and so much more on an app that is safe, secure, easy to use. And when you win, you can cash out immediately. Go buy some chicken wings with sauce if you want or not sauce if you're a weirdo. Just visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. 
FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and us here at Locked On. And as always, we here at Locked On Canadians want to remind you to also please bet responsibly whenever you are using FanDuel. So a lot of players played this weekend in Buffalo. And like I said, I got asked about David Reinbacher was the big one. I want to just touch on three names very quickly here, the good and the bad. I'm going to start with the good here. Joshua Wah and Owen Beck are coming as advertised. Owen Beck is still probably one of the smartest players the Canadians have ever put in one of their uniforms in the last 20 years. He gets it. He is so smart. He is fantastic defensively still. He makes all those little reads that you don't see because he is constantly looking and changing the angle in which he is looking to attack here. And I know when he left Mississauga last year to go to Peterborough, his offense kind of dropped down there. And we've talked to scouting people who were like, don't worry about it. Peterborough is just that way. Owen Beck is someone that you should still be extremely excited about. He he reminds me so much of, you know, a Philip Deneau, a Thomas Blakanitz kind of guy that they are so good defensively that you kind of underrate the little subtle things they do in the offensive zone there. And Joshua, who played both games, Beck did not play on Saturday. So on uh, Saturday, Joshua was centered by Philip Mashar. I believe it was Philip Mashar. I can double check the lines, but regardless, watching Wa play in that game, he has so many little wrinkles about him. And I'm writing my impressions recap for Eyes on the Prize as well here. I haven't gotten a chance to watch a ton of him in junior outside of clips. Getting to watch a player in person shows you a lot more of what they do away from the puck that makes them a good player and develops good habits. And Joshua has been all about that. I thought he was fantastic. He got a really nice goal or an assist on Jan Mishak's goal, who was also very good on Saturday. And then he got a goal of his own with Christopher Ortiz intercepted a puck through the neutral zone. Was slows down, separates from his defense in the slot, puts himself in a shooting position, buries the 3-1 goal, and basically puts the game out of reach. He was outstanding. And I know the name a lot of people asked me about, and it was a tale of two games. Logan Mayu's first game in a Canadian's uniform on Saturday night was not a good one. There were errors. There were some just lack of concentration and hockey IQ things that when we've talked with scouts about his game is that the offensive upside is there. It's the thought processing behind things that needs to be worked on. And that first game was not a was not a good one by all accounts. He struggled with his reads and his just taking care of the puck and tried to do too much on his own. Saturday was put on the top pair with Jaden Struble. They were outstanding. There were still a, little, a couple of wrinkles here or there, which expected it is a prospect tournament. But there was more composure. There was the willingness to use teammates and things. There was more patience. And that's more that I think the coaching staff and player development wants to see of somebody with his offensive upside there. I don't know if he's going to play Monday or not because he's already played two games there. They might rotate somebody else in. I could be wrong. I don't know. They might roll out the best possible lineup they can, and you'll get a nice little three-game look there. I know a lot of people you know, want to go one way or the other on the whole debate here and just strictly as a player analysis thing. There are tools there. It's going to be a project to round out the rest of that game there. 
I liked what I saw on Saturday, didn't like what I saw on Friday, and that's just the truth of the matter there. Uh, Laura, are there any other prospect names that you want me to offer an opinion on in this, or do you want me to keep rambling about every single like child that I watched this weekend? Well, honestly, I know everybody's going to be asking you about Logan Mayu. Um, I think people want some details on that. Um, I don't think he particularly had a good game from all accounts. Um, and some of it could be chalked up to all of the, you know, off-ice attention that was going to be directed his way prior to the showcase and during the showcase. I mean, that was expected. Um, however, he did cause at least three scoring chances against and some of them resulted in goals. So I just want to know what your impressions were of that. The biggest thing for me is that it's like errors happen, you know, Trudeau and Reinbacher got caught flat footed and it led to a goal against that is understandable. Like these things happen. I'm not going to treat him any differently than if my favorite prospect I was watching did the same thing here. It's a pure analysis kind of thing here is that the one that stuck out for me is that he thought he was going to get an icing call from the official and he lets up on the skating and the official sees this waves off the icing and he gets beat to the puck. And it ends up going back around. It ends up in the back of the net on his way to the bench. I don't know if it was another player or one of the coaching staff asking him why he's not hustling this out and he's gesturing at the officials and things. It's frustration. And there's probably, you know, a nervousness to that game that it's like, I have to go out and prove that, you know, do all these things for whatever motivation might be behind that. Simplifying the game on Saturday made things go a lot better. Uh, Jaden Struble pointed out in his post game that they were very good communicating with each other constantly, making sure they know where they're at. Maybe it was the defensive pairing just didn't work. Those things happen. It's the first game, like I said, by all accounts was not good. And I don't think there are anyone who are looking at that first game and went, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff in here. He had one really good rush late in the game. And that was about it when the game was basically over. Um, I don't want to dwell too long on the negative because for the most part, the prospects have been good this weekend. Quinton Miller on Saturday, the new goaltender, we had talked with Greg Ballack from EP ringside about his talents was phenomenal in goal. Jakob Dobish, I know that there are six goals that are against him there, but I thought he played about as well as he could have uh, in that first game as well. Jaden Struble and William Trudeau looked outstanding. Jaden Struble is, and he was part of our post-game interviews on Saturday, is just chiseled out of granite he is a physical monster he skates so well he's an imposing presence he's someone that i think a lot of people should keep their eye on going into this season uh xavier simono was and hattie kalakash is going to love this was you know five foot seven of pure chaos in the best possible way out there all the effort that you would expect out of brendan gallagher and the feistiness all of that well endearing himself there and me I really Jan, want to talk about Jan Mishak. That was the last person I was going to get to in this. That I thought Jan Mishak has his first game. He had moments where he's trying to do potentially too much, like we had talked about with Mayu and other players, is that settle and simplify there and things get better. He worked really well as a leader on the ice there. And something I noticed is that he's constantly directing his wingers and his defensemen on faceoffs. 
And when he's doing that, he in one of the games here it led to a good scoring chance. The Bruins are overloaded on one side of the faceoff circle, and he's adjusting his defenseman, you know, back to get a better angle on that. Wins the draw, goes back over. All three the Bruins that they overloaded have to shift out. One defenseman just kind of shifts to the middle, finds an open lane, and gets a scoring chance on that. He wore an A all weekend on his sweater, and it was deserving. He got a really nice goal on Saturday. Uh, thanks to a really nice play from uh, Mayu and Joshua Wah starting at the other end of the ice, two-on-one. Beautiful goal right past the goaltender. I'm not giving up on Meshack as a prospect yet here. I know that his development curve hasn't been what we were hoping for in this, but I thought he played very well. Um, and he said in postgame, he's not feeling the pressure of a deeper prospect pool here. He's still young. He's still here to prove himself too. Uh and I think with that kind of competitive edge to it and finding some symmetry or chemistry with Joshua and other players bodes well for the Laval Rocket this year. And I think Jan Mishak should be in for uh, a surprising year here, a surprisingly good year uh, for the Laval Rocket. That's the hope because I really, really want the best for him. I think, you know, out of a lot of people, he's been hurt the most by, by COVID in terms of his own development. So I really, really want him to succeed. I want to see him make that next step. And unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of scouting that says that he's probably irretrievably broken in terms of making it for the NHL, but I'm still going to root for him. And he he's such a nice guy. That was got a big smile on his face. And I know that like that isn't, you know, the full part of the, uh, you know, everything in here, but uh, I'm rooting for Jan Meshack. Uh, they do, the Canadians do play. They are the early game on Monday. Later yeah, game? it's the day you're listening to this. Yes, Monday. They play at 1.30 against the Ottawa Senators on Monday. Should be feisty. Uh, Florian Jekai should be back in the lineup, which means uh, Revenge Tour starts again. If you Revenge uh, starts again for the Ottawa Senators. I will have a solo recap and impressions, just wrapping up all the prospect showcase stuff after the game on Monday before I head out of town for work, unfortunately. So... Um, I will miss whatever training camp shenanigans happen in that time here. But remember, follow us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at this point at LO underscore Canadians. LockdownCanadians at gmail.com if you have longer thoughts for there. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. We will be back. We have so much coming up this week for you. So make sure you subscribe. Tell all your friends. Hockey season's right around the corner. And we will see you all next time.